TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Odyssey celebrates the class of 2024, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. The Grand Bigs. Bigs time. Bigs. With Molly and Haw. Bigs time. The Bigs Report. With Brad Bigs. Bigs time. Bigs. His name is Brad Bigs. Brad Biggs talks football with you. <laughs> Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 the score. Gabe in for Mully today. And now we have the football man from the Chicago Tribune joining us on the Circus Sports Illinois hotline. Download the Circus Sports app today. Brad Biggs, good morning, Biggs. How's it going? Morning, boys. What's going on? Well, the Bears have been busy. They got right to it. They didn't waste any time. Ryan Poles announced on Thursday the release of Cody Whitehair and Eddie Jackson. Not a huge surprise, Brad. What was your reaction, and how hard will either guy be to replace? Well, you're not looking to replace them. You're looking to you're looking to upgrade uh, with uh, younger younger talent, and it's it's not going to be easy. Um, and you're certainly not going to get a replacement that's likely to have the same presence um, with his teammates immediately anyway. Eddie Jackson's a guy who had, had been the elder statesman on that defense for a while, a player that uh, young guys turn to, a guy who opened the doors of his home to those young defensive backs pretty much at all times. Uh, so was a mentor to a Jaquan Brisker, a Tyreek Stevenson. I mean, those guys would talk about how appreciative they were that they could go over to Eddie's place after work and talk about work, talk about life, uh, talk about a little bit of football. And um, he, he was a real positive influence on those guys. So you can't replace that. Uh, anytime real soon, Cody Whitehair uh, had been the what the longest tenured guy uh, on the team and played an awful lot of football for the Bears and was remarkably uh, durable throughout his career. 118 uh, starts for them and really selfless. I think when you when you talk about how many times Cody Whitehair went from one position to another. And you didn't hear him complain about it at all. That spoke to uh, what a team guy uh, he was. But, yeah, you look at what they've got to do here in the offseason, free safety, they don't have a replacement for Eddie on the roster. Center, they're going to have to go out and get uh, one, maybe two, uh, if they get a young guy. So they've got some work cut out for him. But the Bears did the right thing. By both of these players, you got these uh, older players that have been really good to your organization. You cut them well in advance 
of the start of free agency and give them a head start on potentially uh, finding a new home. Biggs, now outside of, you know, Jalen Johnson pulls, you know, has used the draft to secure talent in that secondary. Do you think he'll address that safety position, you know, via the draft or go grab a veteran in free agency? You know, that's a good question. I don't see a whole lot in the way of great center fielders and free agency. I mean, there's some guys that are some accomplished safeties that are probably going to be on the market. It's not a. It's that's a hard position to fill. It really is. You talk about that. That safety that can do a little bit of everything. It is difficult to come up with that guy, and it had been a while since the Bears had had a player on the back end with the instincts and the ability to be around the ball like Eddie Jackson. You know, I I draw the parallel a little bit anyway, and they're slightly different players, but to, to Mike Brown, right, who mm-hmm. spent uh, nine seasons in a Bears uniform appearing in 100 games. Like, that's, that's pretty – how many games did uh, Eddie appear in uh, for the Bears? 100 uh, games. So uh, they both uh, had a, an ability to be around the ball. Tough uh, – Tough guy to replace, but um, you could see it. I mean, the, the tackling kind of became a little bit of an issue again this past year, um, and they, they um, you know, they, they need to make a move. Sometimes, uh, as they say, it, it's, it's better to move on from a player a year too soon than a year too later, and I'm not suggesting they're moving on from either of these guys a year too soon, but um, you, you could tell this was likely coming. Let me play devil's advocate for a moment, Brad, or at least ask about this uh, possibility. Why did they not explore, or maybe they did and we're not aware of it, but the big number was not something that they could live with, Eddie Jackson, at $14 million. Teams renegotiate deals with veterans uh, often if they want to keep them. Why did they not do that with Eddie Jackson to keep a guy that helps your defense stay intact? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, We don't know. If they went down that avenue, that could we don't know if that's not still a possibility several weeks from now when after both sides have sort of uh, you know t- tested the market, seen what's out there, uh, talked to other uh, possibilities. But I-, I think it's probably the play, Dave. You know, you just you look at uh, he he was he uh, was pretty good for him in in 2022. He had the uh, foot injury there in the Meadowlands uh, late in the season. I think it was the 12th game. And then, yeah, he didn't see him around the ball as much this past year, the tackling issues. Like if you if you make a judgment that, hey, we need to get better at this position, um, and I'm talking about a judgment strictly on the film, I don't know that you can allow some of those intangibles to sort of uh, – shift your decision and those are those are really difficult things to do when you talk about giving a player an extreme haircut like a a guy that was going to go from 14 million to you know significantly less than that maybe you give him the opportunity to earn some of it in uh, per game roster bonuses but that was i i 
wrote about that. I talked to Eddie about that in early January, late December, and I th- I always thought that that was uh, going to be a bit of a long shot. You know, when I think about Ryan Poles at the, you know, handling the number one pick, Biggs, and I, I say to myself, okay, well, he had it last year, he has it this year, second year on the job. I'm trying to get into his brain and thinking, like, how his approach could potentially be different, maybe what he learned from last year. When you think about Ryan Poles and, you know, being around him and, you know, his demeanor and such, do you think there is some sort of different approach that he's taking this year with the number one pick? Well, I think it's a different approach because it's a different it's it's a different football team, right? You've got you've got a different roster. You're you're a little bit deeper uh, into it. I don't know that you go about it um, in a in a much different way. I mean, it's obviously clearly different because they've got two top ten picks this year. They've got the number one pick and their on the clock again at number nine. That wasn't the case last year. So there's a lot that makes 2024 uh, different from 2023. You've got a deeper class of quarterbacks. You've seen Justin Fields for another season. Um, you know, I just uh, I think there's a whole lot uh, that's different. I think he took a methodical approach with his staff last year. And they're they're going about that uh, very same process uh, right now, kind of pointing toward the the next thing being uh, the combine starting a week from uh, Monday, and uh, maybe we'll have some more news. Uh, I'm sure we'll have news or at minimum rumors. Uh, coming out of Indianapolis. All right, Brad, I want to send your first letter to your mailbag for your next entry. So I am David from the studio, and I want you, because this is sort of a fanish question, but I am very curious about your answer. Well, if it's a – okay, go on. What, what, what are we going to say? What, what, what are we going to knock? How are you going to knock gonna make, there? I was going to make some – I was – I was going to make some Blackhawks joke. It probably wasn't going to go over real Oh, well. you want to talk Blackhawks. We don't want to talk Blackhawks. We'll, we'll get in an argument, Brad, and that won't I mean, be they ready. Push them, but they, they, they tune out when you talk Blackhawks, right? <laughs> You don't. You come after me. All right. Well, we digress. So, if you're the Bears, you have now $21 million under the cap. You have to replace a free safety, and you still need a pass rusher opposite Montez Sweat. How would you evaluate – Antoine Winfield Jr. as a replacement possibly in free agency given his price tag versus the resources it might require to go out and pursue Daniil Hunter as a rush end. And where do you stand on what's more important to a defense? The rush end who can get there or the young free safety that can stabilize a secondary? Yeah, I I don't – you, it starts on the line. Like, who are we kidding? Like, you've got to – it starts up front, and um, they've got to get better rushing the passer. Even with a half season of Montez Sweat, their total numbers were near the – some of these uh, pass rush metrics, they're, as a defense, as a unit, they're near the bottom of the league. And um, that, that's got to continue to be addressed. You know, Hunter is an interesting guy. I don't know – what the price tag's going to be for him, guys? He he's he's going to be thirty, and we've seen some of these guys do very well into their thirties. I mean, Khalil Mack is still playing at a pretty high level. You look at Hunter, 
um, the production has been at a high level for the last five seasons. The only year uh, you'd say, well, what happened there? He had six sacks in seven games, and he had an injury. Okay, 16 and a half sacks this past season, 10 and a half the year before. I mean, are the Bears at the point with what they're doing, with what they're building and attempting to accomplish that you're going to go out and buy a 30-year-old pass rusher? I don't know. It, that that's you know, like well, like where are you going right. with 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 that guy? Because it, how old is he going to have to be for you to be at the point as a roster where you're okay? Now we're really rocking and rolling. Like at that point, are you paying him for past production and he's not the same guy? I would I would slow the roll a little bit on Daniel Hunter, and that's with an awful lot of respect for a guy who, who's been really good, 87 and a half career sacks. Um, he's he's dynamite, but um, I you really got to think twice about paying a 30-year-old pass rusher when you have worked, you've done some heavy lifting to get your cap situation where it is right now, to get things in order, Moving forward, I'd uh, I'd think twice about a about a thirty year old pass rusher at this point. Like if the Bears had gotten into the playoffs and won one game, you know, and you were feeling really good about the whole operation, yeah, maybe that's the point where you you make a move like that. They're they're coming off seven and ten. They're last in the division. They've got more work to do. I don't know that's the point you you buy the 30-year-old edge rusher. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Uh, but they certainly need some help on that line in order to improve, oh, yeah. improve that defense. Yeah, I mean, in a, in a perfect world, guys, in a perfect world, you're matching a talented young rookie opposite Montez Sweat. Now, maybe not a great draft for edge rushers, and you've got other needs, right? Like you've, you've, you, you need another wide receiver. The quarterback thing – We've talked about it, you know, every morning for months. Uh, we, we just talked about the free safety and center thing. So you got a handful of other positions that are going to be issues. But um, the defensive line is going to be a factor here one way or another in free agency or the draft. Brad, a lot of people talk about holes on this team. I mean, we've been talking about it a ton as well. But there are other people that want the Bears to upgrade at certain positions and, and, and or, or add to them like the tight end position, right, or like the, the running back position. The Bears only have six draft picks. Um, is it important for your mind to, to add pieces in those two areas as well, or do you feel like the holes are the, are the glaring issues uh, that they need to address first? Well, they've got to add some tight ends. They've really got Cole Komet and nobody else uh, under contract right now, so they've got to figure out I think what they want to do schematically there, like, okay, what, what is the piece that we want next to Cole? Who, what does tight end two look like? What, um, what assets do we want this guy to have? What do we want him to be good at? Then they've got to think about uh, tight end three. This past year they went with Mercedes Lewis. So they kind of effectively were in a spot this past year, guys, where they didn't have a tight end for special teams, which can make – lead to other decisions that, yeah, I mean, it's it's a trickle-down effect, right? Uh, so they've got to look at that. The running back thing, I would assume, 
Uh, Deontay Foreman is exiting. There's going to need to be another back. But, guys, I look at, you know, I, I ran in my mailbag this week a list of uh, the teams that won the Super Bowl, and it was like how much of the salary cap the their starting running back took up. And you look at the list, and you, you, some of these guys are blasts from the past. You're like, oh, yeah, I remember when he was the primary back for that team, and, boy, that was a real brief period of time. And if you could get a Christian McCaffrey, I you can justify the cash, the cap, for everything he brings to his off, the offense. I'd be way more interested in what Ryan Pohl's plan is for wide receiver two, even tight end two, than I would be uh, a running back. I you can you can win with guys at that position. Look at the Los Angeles Rams this year. What was he top three or top four in the league? Kyron Williams, Williams, kid out of Notre Dame in year two. He was a fifth round pick or a sixth round pick of the Rams. You can take a guy plug him in your offense, and run the ball effectively. One more question about Eddie Jackson's situation, Brad, because I'm curious how the Bears will address this in the offseason. That's a big spot in a good defense. So is moving Tyreek Stevenson to safety an option that they will even consider? Does that make any sense to you? What other internal options exist? Because teams like to do that, promote from within if they can, save some money, and also maybe reward a guy who hasn't gotten a good look. The second part of that is how all of this could affect Jaquan Brisker, who really valued playing alongside Eddie Jackson, and you saw him maybe playing with a little bit more autonomy and aggressiveness because he always felt like Eddie Jackson would have his back. Yeah, yeah, those are a couple of good questions. I'm, I would be generally opposed to the idea of moving Tyreek Stevenson to free safety. Like if you've got a good cornerback, leave him at cornerback, and I know that that – that's been this like Bears story idea for years. Like take Kyle Fuller and make him a safety. Why shouldn't shouldn't Charles Tillman be a safety? If you've got a corner and he's a good corner, leave him at corner. Um, <clears throat> they don't they don't have a replacement for Eddie on the roster right now. Like I, I just can't imagine uh, Elijah Hicks. His name probably sits in that spot right now. I can't imagine they're super comfortable with that. They'll need to make. Um, a move there. And I, I think Brisker's the kind of guy that I thought midway through year one back in 2022 that he's got some natural leadership traits. So I think uh, if he can continue to play well, if he can stay on the field, he can become that guy that maybe some some of the young players and, and you know, they've got Jalen Johnson obviously is a leader for him, assuming he's back, which I think that'll happen. But Jaquan Brisker's got some real leadership traits. Um, he's not going to be a guy you're going to want in that free safety role. That's not his strength. Uh, you don't want him playing center field for you. But he's got some some qualities and some attributes. And, and I thought he had a, uh, a a pretty good season. I thought he was a little bit better in the second half of this past season. Um, but he's a good guy in that locker room. Great stuff, Brad. Appreciate the time. Have a great weekend, and we'll talk to you next week. Have a great weekend, guys. Take care. Brad Biggs from the Chicago Tribune talking about the ramifications of releasing Cody Whitehair and Eddie Jackson and what the Bears might do and really what they won't do and also confirming my concerns or hesitation about (laughs) Daniil Hunter. (laughs) Hold on. 
Hold on, time out. I saw what you. I, I, I'm, I'm hearing what you did there. there. Yeah, okay. right. But he also said that the line would be more important to address oh, than he? the safety oh, position. Did he, did he say oh, that? You forgot that yeah. part. He did say that. Okay. All right, that too. But that's an ongoing debate. The other one's more definitive. I, I'm going for the definitive sure thing there, Gabe. I like it. We'll talk about that next. If you want to talk about what the Bears are missing or could be lacking without Eddie Jackson, let us know. 312-644-6767. There's a White Sox development that I want to ask you about, though, because underneath that Derrick Rose jersey, you do have a White Sox <laughs> I shirt. Do. I do. And you did sport a White Sox jacket into the studio yesterday. So there's some White Sox nuggets that I want to discuss with you next. It's Molly and Haw. Gabe in from Molly, Chicago Sports Radio 6. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love. Hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Odyssey celebrates Father's Day. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Modelo. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame. Two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice cold reward. Modelo, the markable fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. To the score. I definitely saw a lot of the rumors, and then, you know, your friends and your family want to remind you they read this article and that article and, you know, all that, but. At the end of the day, I just wanted to focus on what I have to do to perform. It's really, I really just want to perform. So wherever I'm at, it's all kind of the same process, you know, do what you can to be your best. And uh, I'm happy to be here. I'm, I'm grateful to be a Major League Baseball player. I love Chicago. I enjoy my teammates. I enjoy the staff. So uh, it's really a win-win. Welcome back. It's Molly and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score, Gabe, is in for Molly today. That's Dylan Cease on the White Sox Talk podcast. Uh, talking to Chuck Garfine about the trade possibilities. Get to him in just a moment. I want to remind people, or at least let them know, if you didn't know this, yes, a week from Sunday, Bet MGM and 670 The Score are honoring Hall of Famer Chris Chelios, his career and the retirement of his jersey number seven. That's next Sunday at the United Center. Our show, Mullion Haw, will be broadcasting live at Kaiser Tiger that day from noon to three. The show will feature a visit from the man of the hour, Chelly himself, Chris Chelios, and other special guests along the way. Come by, say hello, get going before the game. That's next Sunday, noon to 3, Kaiser Tiger, 1415 West Randolph, right there near the UC. Bet MGM will also celebrate by offering a $7 bonus bet to all customers in Illinois. Bet MGM, wow. That's $7 bonus bet to all customers in, in, in Illinois. BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. So that's going to be a lot of fun a week from Sunday. Kaiser Tiger, one of my favorite bars in the West Loop, actually. You show up. There's always room I got for Gabe. Kid, I got kids. Man. Okay. I gotta, I gotta, it's noon. They're up. Bacon board. If you're going to go there, get the bacon board. It's fire. Oh, really? It's all right. So I good. love that. And then I'll, t- I'll tell you one more to get. 
uh, it, they have these like bacon bombs. They're called where it's like uh, yeah, you, you had me at bacon. Okay, good. just ask for that. You had me at bacon. That's a good spot. It is. It's close. It's going to be a lot of fun. Noon to three, a special edition of Mullen Hall as Chelly sees his sweater to the rafters forever. Good old number seven, Chris Chelios, hockey legend in town. We're lucky to talk to him every Wednesday at 845. All right, so we heard Dylan Cease talking to Chuck Garfine. I know a lot of people have Dylan Cease fatigue. Dustin's off today, so that's why we can talk about this. He has a lot of Dylan Cease fatigue. The trade rumors will follow him every start, assuming he makes one. Why do you say assuming he makes one? Yesterday, things changed. At least that's according to Bruce Levine, 670score.com. Good story. Going to talk about Bruce, uh, about this with Bruce tomorrow on Inside the Clubhouse, 9 to 11, every Saturday morning. The Orioles are going to be missing two starters to start the season. The Orioles have World Series aspirations. They also have maybe the best farm system in the American League. Maybe um, with the Cubs, the two best in baseball. Kyle Brandish has a UCL, UCL sprain and will be out for at least the beginning of April. And fellow starter John Means has been slowed in his rehab from left elbow surgery and a month behind other pitchers. That dynamic in the, minds of, in the mind of Bruce changes things. It makes Dylan Cease the best and possibly cheapest option for a team that doesn't want to get off to a slow start. Because in that division, you can't afford that. And also may view Dylan Cease as a cheaper option than free agents like Blake Snell and Jordan Montgomery, who were still out there. Does that change things in your mind about Dylan Cease and the Cease watch? I love the fact that there's another team involved. I think that, you know, initially it was with the Atlanta Braves, and then you heard a couple of other things. And I think, listen. <laughs> Where the White Sox are at currently, it's very similar to where they were when they were dealing with the Chris Sale situation. They had a top-tier starter. Team wasn't going anywhere. It's time to move on from him and bring back some assets. And it and it's not as though Dylan Cease had a Cy Young year last year. It was two years ago. Last year, he's 7-9. 12 quality starts only. I mean, he had his moments. He very much looked like the Dylan Cease that the White, that White Sox fans were used to. Inconsistent. And so... If teams still feel and in their short-term memory, this Cy Young season still exists, yes, let's get it done sooner than later. I, I will say this. I, even if Dylan Cease came out opening day, pitched five innings, threw 80 pitches, I don't think that changes the return the White Sox would get for a guy What, like what do you think Cease. the return is? Four prospects? <sighs> Depends on when you trade him, really. Yeah. It, because I, if you trade him now – if you trade him to the Orioles, let's say within the next two weeks, because you got to do something sooner rather than yeah. later, I would think that you would want to hold firm to having four prospects. I don't know if they all have to be at a certain level, but you would want four prospects, you're gonna need, I would think. You're going to need a, a potential starter. You're going to need two projects. I'm talking about just from pitching. And then you're going to need a position player that they feel yes. strongly about. That's how that four is going to happen. And then hope maybe you might get like – their fifth or like, you know, bullpen guy that could be a starter, somebody like that that can still get some starts for the White Sox because you know you're going to need that. Cease is 28. He's 28 and he's got – no, 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 no. That's a good thing. No, I know. I'm, I'm saying how this is a guy the White Sox are trying to move on from and it probably is going to bring back more just because of the age. There's still a year left 
the kind your, of your reaction kind of says that you fear. I'm not putting words in your mouth. Yeah. But if I were you and I were a Sox fan, I would fear trading Dylan Cease to the Orioles and having that Chris Sale moment where you're watching him celebrate a World Series for someone else. And Dylan Cease could be on the mound with when the Orioles clinch Game Seven, right? And and I, I think at that in point, relief because he's not going to go a complete game. He's going to go five and dive. That's what I said. Yeah. Five. <laughs> but I, I mean, I wouldn't feel bad at all because I think I'm just used to it as a Sox fan now. This is just what happens. You just White Sox don't win. They get a good pitcher. Kick me in the head. To, I'll turn around. You can kick me in the back. Turn turn it into something else. I, it, it's just what it is with the White Sox. See, because specifically. You, you've conceded that because of the history of not giving long-term contracts to starting pitchers. I've conceded that, honestly, honestly, the real honest answer is because I think Dylan Cease is really good. I don't think – I think that other teams value him more than he's actually worth. So I'm, I'm willing to make that trade now. Why do you say that? Because of his inconsistency. He's the runner-up to the Cy Young two years in 2022. Ago. Right, two years ago. He was on a terrible team last year that fell off the rails. Jim, what did he do three years ago? What did he do four years ago? It's the same thing. Dylan Cease's stuff it's is nasty, filthy, as the kids say. Steve Stone says it's the best stuff in the, on the team besides, well, uh, Kopech every now and then, but we, we don't need to talk about him. Dylan Cease is a legit top-of-the-rotation starter on a good team. Yes. So why wouldn't you want that on any team – because why, why would you want to invest in that? Because I, because I, I feel right. Like you said, I am scoring. I'm the cynical White Sox fan. That on the White Sox, he'll just be a 500 guy, and he might have an occasional good season. Mm-hmm. Based off what I've seen, so far. you need Dylan Ceases if you are going to be a contender. I think if the White Sox are not going to pay him, they better trade him. Well, they're not going to be a contender anytime soon, so it's in their best interest to move on from him. I know you're right. I just think that when he leaves, we're going to go through the whole thing again about. The White Sox's history with paying players and why they don't go yeah. to a certain level because Dylan Cease is going to get that contract somewhere. He, he is. Uh, David, I think about other you know guys that left, like you know Carlos Rodon, right? Like a Giolito, guys like that, like where it's like, hey, it's baseball. Mm-hmm. Pitchers aren't great all the time, and so if you can get some assets back in the present for a guy that you know you want him to be a top of the rotation, but he's still a pitcher in Major League Baseball that you know might not you know reach would- that level again. Is it recency bias? Is it a blind spot for me? I'm asking this sincerely. I put Dylan Cease in a different different category than I do Carlos Rodon and Lucas Giolito. I think that he has potentially better stuff for longer periods of time than those two guys. I think with with Giolito, we're fortunate enough to have seen the other side of that hill. So we can. It's unfortunate that we get we get to weigh that against. Dylan he was rolling down a pretty fast game, very fast. He fell off that hill after, after he couldn't. <laughs> Do whatever he had. I don't know if he was pushed or he tripped, but (laughs) he was rolling down and down and keeps going. Good luck to him with the Red Sox. And Carlos Rodon, the same thing. I think, you know, if you were, you're talking about the potential, I think you could have had the same exact, same. I love Rodon. I I love him. You don't like him in the Yankees pinstripes? I don't think I've seen him enough to love, to like him in the Yankees pinstripes. You know who does love him? His his physician. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Carlos, give me a hug. Good to see you again. Let's go out to the phone lines, 312-644-6767. Tony is in Wonder Lake. Good morning, Tony. How are you? Good morning. How are you guys doing? Doing well. Gabe, I don't know if I've ever been on the air with you. Uh, nice to meet you. Likewise. Um, you know, I I just don't know why you keep seats. And the reason why I say that is because I think that Chris Katz has assembled himself 
with a staff that's going to just keep this White Sox status quo. Nobody's going to get out of line. Nobody's going to be objective. Nobody's going to throw stones in the glass house, they said. And this is the way Jerry does business. The team's not going anywhere for a very long time, Gabe, as you mentioned earlier. They're very dysfunctional. They're a borderline minor league organization. Why would Dylan Cease want to stay here? That would be my question to him. What have the White Sox done to prove to him that they're going to try to put a quality product around him? Because let's face it, their lack of offense and no resemblance of defense over the last five years has probably cost him at least 10 wins, I'd say. And probably another five or six no decisions over the guy's career. That's interesting, In a young career. Yeah, that's a good good point. That's a good point. He may want out. I mean, he can't say that. He says it with his body language every single day. You've seen it the the minute they made all those moves last year. He didn't want to be there. And, And I understand that that is his personality. Very stoic, very, you know, blase. But it's still clear as day. He's a, he's a poet. He writes poetry. He's not blasé. He's a sensitive young man. I'm out on he Dylan Cease. Well, I can't believe you. Why? Dylan Cease is the most likable White Sox pitcher. Yes. Okay. Okay. Well, that, I mean, there's a a like small... three guys that you can name. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm okay. I, I think for me, I you know what it is. I'm, I'm I I I am yearning for a superstar to want to want to be here. And I look at guys like Dylan Cease, I look at guys like Zach Levine and, you know, these top-tier guys that are smug in certain moments, and I'm like, I just want you to take – I want Dylan Cease to come out. Not just Dylan Cease, right? Fill in the blank with whatever superstar you can think of that would have been on this roster and be like, even Andrew Vaughn. Like, this is my team. Come here to Chicago. We're going to do something here. No, but that's not if the case. If Andrew Vaughn said that, he'd be laughed out of town. So what? I want I, somebody to do it. I want Luis Robert to say that. In Spanish. Well, but he can't. That's the guy who should be saying, "Come play with me. Come work with me. I want to." I want win it from here. him too, David. Yeah. I want it from him too. But that's what I'm saying. Guys like Dylan Cease, guys like Zach Levine, where I can't believe you're bailing on Cease though, just because he's a little bit uh, hard to read. He's a, he's just a, a a thinker. He's not expressive enough for a- you. After the trades, if he would have came out and been lights out, then maybe I would have been more behind him. But I feel like he was playing with his emotions. This is just me, my personal opinion. He's into his feelings. Just, just a too little deep bit. Into little his bit feelings. Little too Drake you don't for me. Like, really, you don't like that he writes poetry, do you? I do. I write poetry. <laughs> Who doesn't? You write poetry too, Dave? Oh, of course. David? Oh, man. Yeah, I've, 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 I've had my day. 630DH is a Cub fan that wants Cease gone to erase the bad trade the Cubs made. <laughs> oh, yeah. You got me. You got me. Eloy's still there, though. <laughs> for, for now. That's the, that's the guy I think you would be out on. I'm enough with this high mom stuff. See ya. And I'm the, I'm the Eloy guy. Kevin from Palatine will call and remind us what I said about Eloy a year ago. I, I love everything about him, but I think they need to trade him. When we talk about <laughs> tradable assets, Eloy Jimenez is the name that should have come up first. He's the most tradable asset, and they should do what they can to get rid of him now. Yeah, I think he's a guy where, like a Jorge Soler kind of type, where people will take him, sure, but no one's like, Chomping at the bits to get Eloy Jimenez. That's a good comment. That's a good comp. I like that comp with with Soler. Interesting. We'll talk Cubs next when we come back or continue the Sox conversation if we want to have Gabe go in circles. 312 644 6767. It's Molly and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 the score. Would anybody have the, I don't know, nerve or 
thought to go in and talk to Jed about, hey, uh, you think we're getting belly back or not and, in a light moment? Uh... I don't think I I am, so I, I, I'm sure there is somebody. Um, but speaking for myself, I don't think I'm in that spot yet. Welcome back. It's Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 670. The score gave in for Mully today. Yep. That was Bruce trying to stir it up yesterday, Cubs camp, with Justin Steele. You're going to go in and demand Cody Bellinger be signed? Yeah, it's not his role. Justin Steele's role on the Cubs is ace. Ace. I say that twice for emphasis because Gabe gave me pause on Thursday by wondering if Justin Steele was capable of being the ace again. <laughs> oh, I didn't. What are you talking didn't about? You, didn't you? No. That's Brandon. I'm sorry. That was Brandon. <laughs> was like, All right, not Gabe. Brandon. I, I went home. Let's just I say it's Justin Gabe, Steele. Yeah, yeah, hold on. I, I don't need these text messages, I went, David. I went, home, I went home wondering about that, thinking as I listened to Justin Steele, could Brandon be right? Is Justin Steele going to be able to repeat the success he had in 2023? How confident are the Cubs in that? And how much will that determine what they become this year? Should we be worried about their starting pitching more than we're worried about their starting pitching? The answer to that is yes. Justin Steele at the top of the order, or top of the rotation, no problem with that. Okay. I think he's proven over the last couple of years that he is that guy. I think everyone was calm last year every time he, you know, got on the mound. So that holds true. I think it's the rest of the rotation that, you know, the the Cubs have the luxury of having a lot of arms, whether it's, you know, starters, they have young guys, guys in the bullpen, they can take some starts. They have a lot of arms there. But are are they the ones that stand out where you're slotting them into, you know, one through five? I think that's what, like earlier in the show, we were talking about the fact that Kyle Hendricks, might be slotted in as the number two. But where does Soto go? Well, you're looking at Jamison Tyone. Is he going to bounce back? I mean, there are question marks with this rotation, specifically with Soto and Jamison Tyone and what he's going to do this year. Steele should be the one constant, the one that you are not questioning. How much will they miss Marcus Stroman? A ton. Innings eater, a guy that fit Really? This, a guy that fit this team. He didn't pitch really after June... After London, what did he contribute? Nothing. Okay. <laughs> Nothing. Well, they forced him back. But he was a key he component. He let them down. He was a key component in why the Cubs were in the position they were in in June. I love the Stroh show. He was a great two months, but it didn't last long enough. It kind of uh, it closed the curtain on the Stroh show too soon because of injuries. He didn't contribute in the second half at all, Gabe. I wonder how much they're going to miss him. I, I, I know he put a them in a ton. position. David, a ton. But they have now Shota Imanaga. A question mark. I mean, the, the, the fact that this is something that was bothering me last year as well. When everyone was just so okay with moving on, not, not or excuse me, not resigning Cody or Stroman. Stroman, I get it. You can make the argument, like you mentioned, second half of the season, whatever. But you're always looking at pitchers and what they've done in a year. And if you look at Stroman last year, you would say he had a good year. I think he did. Right. So, uh, so trying to replace but that. I think he ended poorly. It ended – I don't know that I would say good year. Good start. It was a good year. For Marcus Stroman? Did he not make the All-Star team? <sighs> yeah, but Gabe – Okay. That, that, like, like, you're, the you're, biggest ability is availability. Okay, but I, I, and I said year. 
You're looking at back half of the year. You're looking at how he didn't contribute to a playoff run. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm looking that, at I'm, I'm looking at how he was forced back uh, to pitch when he wasn't ready to pitch, and I think we all got a little too excited about the Stroh show coming got, back and got crushed. Yeah, he got crushed. I think it was a mistake that the Cubs didn't trade him at the deadline. In retrospect, that's easier to say. <laughs> I, I I think I'm more likely. To, I think the Marcus Stroman last year his his season was a microcosm of what the Cubs season was. It was great expectations created by a promising start, and then boy did it fizzle, and you end up having a bad taste in your mouth and a bad memory. So I wasn't that disappointed. Marcus Stroman moved on. And I got to say, my guess is the Cubs weren't that sorry to see him go either. At all. Like a lot of drama with the Stroh show. A lot of drama. I think there was lack of appreciation for Marcus Stroman. I think when you look at the, his, the beginning of the year, and I get it. I, I agree with you up until the blister. And then whatever happened after that. I mean, the injuries were really frustrating. You wanted him to return, and he was just nowhere to be. I mean, it's, it, I get it. And then the very mysterious injury in Toronto. Wasn't that in Toronto? Yeah, and, and I hear that. And I think if I'm Marcus Stroman and I'm looking at the way the Cubs are handling me, I'm equally as frustrated as the fan base because I'm like, damn, I gave you guys this great two seasons, season and a half, or good season and a half. I came in when nobody wanted to to try to solidify this rotation and you don't care about what I've done for this team <laughs> to the point where you're like, yeah, walk, whatever. That's, I, would, I would feel the same way too. Now he's a Yankee. He's scheduled to make the, his debut in the Yankees' home opener facing the Blue Jays. Isn't that something? Wouldn't that be, that's going to be a big moment in New York. Were you shocked that he got less money than Lucas Giolito? Yes, very much so. Very much so. How'd that happen? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, <laughs> How did that happen? I feel no better about the Cubs pitching situation. You were supposed to talk me into feeling better about the Cubs pitching Sorry situation, and I don't because I'm a little bit skittish about the Cubs right now. No Bellinger. Brandon made me doubt Justin Steele's status as an ace yesterday. I don't know if, what, if right is wrong, left is right. Everything seems a little bit turned upside down right now in Cub camp. If, if the Cubs lose their, home, or their season opener with Justin Steele on the mound, Soto Monaga gets a rude awakening in his first start. Let's say he does go too. Jameson Tyone is Jameson Tyone and Kyle Hendricks. You know, it's a rough first week for the Cubs. If oh, my know. gosh. <laughs> All right, we got a lot of show left. We have a lot of things to do. Right now we're going to give away a couple tickets. An opportunity exists for you football fans out there that want to get engaged with this QB1 debate, which is all the rage in Chicago. The Parkinson Spiegel Show will host a QB1 town hall next Wednesday, 2 to 6, Live studio audience at the Blue Cross Blue Shield performance stage. Keep listening because you have many chances to win. Like right now, you can call the scores contest line 312 540 0670. 312 540 0670. And you can have your voice heard in person or just come and insult Shane uh, in the QB1 debate as the offseason begins in earnest. Register also online 670thescore.com slash contest. That's the QB1 Town Hall with Parkins and Spiegel. Next Wednesday, you got to be able to go next Wednesday between 2 and 6. we got a lot of show left. we got Casey Johnson when we come back. Charlie Rumeliotis joining us at 845 talking about Connor Bedard's return last night. It's Grody time at 9 o'clock. And at 925, Gabe, 
the Iowa athletic director, Beth Getz, who I know from her days of being the Ball State athletic director, she was in the building. She is in charge of Iowa athletics. So when Caitlin Clark made history on Thursday night, Beth Getz can tell us what that felt like to be part of a national story. We'll get to all of it when we come back. Gabe in for Mully, Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love. Hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Odyssey celebrates the class of 2024. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.